Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Kim Dawson. And together, we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello, and welcome back to the She Built This Podcast, where you like, wait, what is happening when you are the intro music? Well, you are in for a treat today, and I would say that it's a surprise, but if you're a loyal listener, this will come as no surprise, because I told you in the last episode what you were in for, so the cat is out of the proverbial bag. Um, in this week's episode, I, your loyal host, am on the other side of the mic, well, Not really, technically, but I did invite my friend Kim Dawson, host of The Sassy Strategist, to do a podcast host swap with me, and she agreed. So she is going to be interviewing me. If you're a regular listener of the show, you do for sure know a whole lot about me, maybe more than you want to do. But as Kim points out at the beginning of our chat, you don't know some of the bigger picture stuff, some of the behind the scenes over here. So that's really what we're getting into today. Kim asks fantastic questions. I absolutely love the way that our brain works. And I'm hoping that some of this episode inspires you in some way, helps us to get to know each other just a little bit more. And when you're done listening... I really want to encourage you to check out Kim's podcast, The Sassy Strategist. Give it a follow or subscribe so that you can be the first to hear when her next episode drops and when her episode with me interviewing her airs as well. And I do want to tell you about Kim. She is a results-driven business strategist who believes the key to a successful business is deciding what you want and creating an action-oriented plan to make it happen. Kim Dawson helps small business owners optimize pricing and procedures, navigate niche markets, and grow their team. She's helped clients reach their revenue goals while doing more of what they love and gaining their free time back. One of the things we talked about in her episode is that business can be joyful and also successful. Kim is the author of Passion to Profits, your guide to being to building a successful business you love, and she's the host, as I mentioned, of the Sassy Strategist podcast, where she shares advice on how to build a business that brings higher profits, long-term success, and a fulfilling life, a really, truly meaningful life. So without further ado, I hope that you thoroughly enjoy our chat, and make sure to check out the show notes to find out how to follow and connect with Kim. Hello, I am so excited to be interviewing Emily Aborn today. It's a little bit of a switch. This should be fun. And I have a ton of questions just because I want to learn more about Emily. And I'm sure everybody else wants to learn more about Emily as well, as she has been your host of this fabulous podcast for a very long time. I don't know how many years, but maybe that is a question I will ask her. But the goal for me today is to just learn more about the woman behind the show and what is it like the life in the day whatever you would call it so before i keep rambling i am gonna just start by saying hi emily how are you hi good thanks for having me (laughs) i feel like i'm in my own hot seat (laughs) thank you for being on your show (laughs) That's funny. Thanks for doing this. This is going to be really, really fun. And I do have to give credit for where the inspiration came from, which is um, Erin Alula's podcast. She did a great podcast host swap and I reached out to Kim and I was like, let's do this. It will be so fun. So it will be fun. Um, And I have some questions planned, but the way I usually interview is I start out with a certain goal, but then it just goes in the direction that it goes. I like it's a flow naturally, but I do have some questions prepared that I would like to know more about. And with that in mind, I think that one of the things that's so great about this idea is that I know you personally, but I also listen to your show and I have worked with you and I know how I see you from the outside. So I have this sort of dual dual role. And I think it's really interesting as business owners, even podcast hosts, because the way that we see ourselves is not always how everybody else sees us. So doing this little flip is kind of nice because I think it will, I don't know, it'll just add to perspective. It'll be interesting. 
Um, but one of the things that I really like to know is people's why. So what I think is so important is, of course, what we do is important, but why we do it, I think, is even more important. So I'm going to start off with some why questions. And my big one to start off with is, why do you do the work that you do? So I know that most of your listeners know what you do. They know that you're a copywriter and a content writer and a podcast host and the founder of She Built This and you do a lot of these things. But why do you why do you do all this? Oh my gosh, it's so funny. You know, um, I've actually never read Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, but I think the reason for that is because I've always been a little worried because I didn't have like some big why. <laughs> like, I don't think I have some massive mind blowing why. Um, but I'll say this ever since I was like a really, really little kid, I've been like starting and creating businesses. So things like selling seashells on the side of the road and lemonade stands and dog walking services and like something called a gopher service where I would like run errands for people in town on my bike and go get them things from Rite Aid and stuff. So it's just like always been it's it's like I've always needed to create something of my own. And when I grew up, entrepreneurship, it wasn't really like a thing like you. I mean, it, it was my grampy was an entrepreneur, but nobody else in my family was an entrepreneur. Everybody just like went and got jobs, you know, so I went to college and followed that path like like many other people in my family had. And I worked a lot of jobs. And in every single one of my jobs, I was like, I just want to like do this a different way. <laughs> I just want to add more hummus to this sandwich or, you know, market this in a different way or uh, rebrand this or, you know, it was just always this drive to like break the rules if, I, if I'm honest. Um, so I think that my why is that I have a really, really hard time working for somebody else. <laughs> and I finally realized in 2014, I worked for a chiropractor and she's like world's happiest person. Like she just loves life, loves what she's created. I think she's been in practice now for like 26, 27 years. And you cannot be around her without like following your passion or your dream. Like, it's just like impossible to be in her presence. Cause when you're in her presence and you're doing something that you don't want to be doing, you're like, why am I so miserable? And she's so happy. So I think it was in working for her that I was really like, I need to do this. I just need to take this step and start my own business and experience it for myself. Um, so I guess that's like my why is this, I don't really like working for other people. <laughs> I think that is a very valid why <laughs> I can relate. I don't think it has to be something that's earth shattering. I think it could just be, this is what I want to do. This is the path I went. But the interesting thing that I find with our paths is they're not always linear. They're usually not linear. And one thing leads to another leads to another. And we can look back and go, how did I get from point A to point K? I mean, there yeah. were a lot of jumps in there. So with you, I know that you had a mattress business. So I want to start with that because I'm not sure if I know what, like, what was it about mattresses? Like you could have opened a coffee shop. You could have opened a, I, I don't know, you could have opened anything, a stationary store, but you went with mattresses. So I want to know why mattresses. Oh, golly. Okay. So I studied health education in college and kind of what I wanted to do with that was do like, I wanted to be like a teacher, you know, either for adults or for children for health education. And then I kind of like before health coaching was even really a thing, I sort of like tried to do that. And then I like became like a personal chef for people and cooked healthy stuff and sold stuff at the farmer's markets, like my little <laughs> creations, my little macaroons I would sell at the farmer's market. So I always had like this, like health, um, this health trajectory I'll say for, for my own business. And I actually went to, let's see, I moved to Raleigh when I first met Jason and I ended up working. I was just like looking for a job and I had a waitressing job and it wasn't very like fulfilling and satisfactory. So I ended up taking on this marketing role, um, for an organic mattress store. And I was like, Oh, this is really actually very fascinating because it's aligned for like my health stuff, you know, and the mattresses, a lot of actually a lot of furniture in our homes have a lot of, uh, 
toxins and chemicals in them. So I was kind of like, I can get into this. Like, this is very exciting and I can help people who have like serious health issues going on from off gassing and stuff like that. So fast forwarding to when we moved to New Hampshire, honestly, I wanted to open a coffee shop. Like that's been a dream my whole life. I worked for my grampy one summer at his general store up in Harpswell, Maine. And like, I was like, oh my God, I just can't wait to open my coffee shop. Like that is something I've always wanted to do, but it is risky. Like there's it, it to me that had a high risk and this had a very easy, like I could see the numbers on paper. We had a business plan. We knew the market, you know, we knew it would work in this area because we do live in sort of like a crunchy New Hampshire kind of area where people are aware of that stuff. Um, so it seemed like a no brainer. And it was on that, again, on that health trajectory. So that's why mattresses, like I'm kind of a believer that you can get passionate about anything once you get started in it. Um, but it was never like something I was like, woohoo, mattresses. <laughs> it just made sense. It just made a lot of sense. And then I kind of got passionate and excited about it. Mostly just like, I think talking to people and educating people on the products and like what was inside of them and what other things were in their home that made me excited. Um, but I think it was also through that journey. I realized like, I don't really want to hear about other people's health problems all day. Like that is not fascinating to me <laughs> at all. I like my health. I really enjoy <laughs> taking care of my health. Um, but I really was just sort of like, wow, it is not fun to help other people <laughs> with their headaches and <laughs> migraines. So I quickly learned uh, that probably health education is great for what, I, you know, is very interesting for my own self journey, but maybe not for other people. Yeah. Yeah. And now it makes sense because you actually started out with the marketing job of it. That's what brought you in. It wasn't like you woke up one morning and said to yourself, I think I want to sell mattresses. So there was really an in, in a yeah. way, something yeah. that pro provoked the, the interest. So something that came up for me when you were talking about the coffee shop and feeling like it's such a risk, what I'm curious about is when we think of ourselves as business owners, there really are these two or maybe three separate paths. We can go the service path where literally we can open our businesses tomorrow, right? We have this skill. I'm going to be a copywriter. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to advertise myself. There's very little risk. But then there's the brick and mortar, which we're thinking, okay, I need a lease. I got to get equipment. I have to get coffee machines. And that can be really overwhelming. But aside from the financial piece, because I'm sure there was some financial risk for a mattress store, it still was a physical location. I'm wondering, I'm going to ask you an honest question. I'm wondering if maybe one of the reasons why you didn't go the coffee shop route is because you tend to like your autonomy. Like you were saying how you always had your own businesses, like you like to be able to do things and make things your way. And one of the things that I see as a business consultant is that when you have a brick and mortar, you're kind of chained to it. You know, you have to be there five days a week or six days a week or seven, like how many days that you're open. Or you, if you say that your store is open from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., you have to have it staffed. But working for yourself as a copywriter, you can kind of have a flexible schedule. So I'm just wondering if maybe that's part of the reason you didn't go that route is because it would have confined you down or were there other reasons? No, I think that's really a valid point. Uh, oh my God. And I'm just so glad I didn't do that because in learning more about myself, I'm like, I am so not a morning person. I cannot imagine <laughs> what would have happened. Like it would be like world's most grumpy coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did know like in working at the mattress store, we really tried to make our hours like friendly for me. Like, I think we were open, like first we started like 10 to six, then it was like 10 to five. Then like certain days it was like, you know, 11 to four and then it was 12 to four. So I really did try to make the hours like conducive so I could have a life outside the store, but still it feels like you are chained to a location and like you always have to be there and show up. And I would take appointments like outside of hours for people that, you know, it didn't work for. Um, so that, that was like, I don't like that. Like, I don't like to have to go someplace every day, whether it be an office or a retail shop of my own or a coffee shop. So I love that you made that point. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and I guess what I'm getting at really is that you're happy with how things turned out. So even if it was a lifelong dream to have the coffee shop, you actually are happier with where you're at and doing what you're doing. So much so, yes. <laughs> so that's the next segue here. So we had the, the mattress store, then you decided it, you know, didn't want to have it anymore, whatever your reasons were. And now you're a copywriter. So how did you get from point A to point B on that one? Well, bringing up your point earlier, that also was not a perfectly straight path. <laughs> um, the the store was not, it was kind of like multifaceted. Like it, we didn't really, we were dealing with a lot of issues with customers and things like that. And it was very draining and, and hard, <laughs> very, very hard. And I feel like I realized one day, like, I don't know if I want to wake up in 15 years and still be doing this, like, I don't really, it's not really developing any new skills for me. I'm not really like learning anything new. I'm just kind of like doing the same thing every single day, saying the same script every single day. Um, so that was one factor, but, and, and like one factor being like our happiness. Right. And the other factor was it just, the market wasn't really going very well. Like a lot of people were switching to bed in a box. So they get like their mattress, like shipped to their door and they weren't coming in to try things. So it was sort of like a conglomeration of things. And at that time I had to sit down and be like, who am I? Like I've worked 40 jobs. I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I think I was, let's see, I would have been 32. So I had to like figure out what to do next. Um, and I didn't really want to work for somebody else, but we had like, I kind of was like, you know, it is probably the safer route to go get a job. So I just started like kind of looking at different job descriptions, seeing what kind of things I was interested in and, and what I wasn't interested in. And I was like, you know what? I, I found the perfect solution to working for myself and also working for someone else. I'll become a real estate agent. I'll get that autonomy I want. It'll be like amazing. I'll be making so much money. I'll just sit back and print cash. So plus I can like do all the marketing and, you know, I had all these ideas and I'm big into like local, um, you know, like my local community and real estate agents. I feel like that is just perfectly aligned for. So I went and got my real estate license. I loved it. Like I loved the learning piece of it. I was like, Ooh, I'm back in school. It was so exciting. It was very, very exciting. I got my real estate license. I showed three houses. And then I was like, I hate this. <laughs> like, I do not want someone texting me being like, can you show me this house at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning? I'm like, no, <laughs> that's my walk time. <laughs> I did not enjoy it. And I also realized it's a very saturated market. I mean, what market isn't saturated, but it just wasn't one I was like excited to like try to break through. So um, then I was back to square one. Basically, I was like, all right, now what am I doing? We still had the store at this time, which I, you know, I'm very grateful for that opportunity to like kind of take my next step with having the safety net of that step. Right. Um, so I started kind of, this is so weird, but people in my plaza would ask me to like write their newsletter, uh, do their social media, do their blog, do their, e um, their websites. So I was kind of like taking on like very random projects for people. And I initially started this business doing everything. Like I was just like, I will build your website. I will, uh, email your clients, like every single thing. And then I just kind of slowly transitioned it and niched down. Uh, a lot of that came from listening to your podcast, honestly, but really niched down and focusing on like what I was a truly, truly good at and b what really, really lit me up, which was like the writing piece. That makes sense. I can appreciate, I can appreciate the, the trail of one thing leading to another. And it's funny too, when you talk about how people were asking you for things that they must have seen you were good at. They, they must have had some, I don't want to say a faith in you, but they're not going to ask you to do something for them unless they thought that you could do it. And then you did it and you were successful at it and you followed that path. So it's really kind of interesting how, I don't know, it just came in a way from other people inquiring and seeing what they thought you could provide. 
Hmm, yeah. I, interesting. And I think, I think those were the kinds of things I loved in my business. Like I, I actually, a mentor of mine told me like, I want you to sit down and write down what you like about your business, like what you actually enjoy in your business. And it was like basically everything that wasn't involved in actually being there. <laughs> I was like, I love all the backend stuff. Like I love the marketing and the creating and the, you know, and so as I started putting that out there, I think that's what people asked me for. So you're right. I think it was totally market driven, realizing that there is a need there. And um, how can we as business owners, like align our skills with what we're hearing people need? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit here and and talk a little bit about um, She Built This. So when did you start the She Built This community and why did you start it? I started in 2018 and really it was just, again, going back to that mentor, uh, she was basically like, you need to put on your baby brand new business pants. Like (laughs) you need to get out there and go meet some friends because I was very alone and isolated in, in my business. Like it was literally a box in the middle of a plaza, not attached to other buildings. Like we were the only one not attached to other buildings. It was very weird. Um, So I went out and started meeting like other entrepreneurs. I just met everybody. I was like, I will just chat with anyone (laughs) and everyone. And I would like host events at my shop, like anybody that needed a venue space, whatever you needed, my shop, my random (laughs) mattress shop will be the venue. Um, And I met a lot of people and it was in like meeting all of those people that I realized were a lot of us are going through the same challenges. A lot of us are facing the same issues. And so I just wanted to bring everyone together. It actually came from an event that I did with a friend. Um, we just wanted to bring the stories of like women entrepreneurs locally that were very successful, that chiropractor that inspired me to just go, <laughs> uh, being one of them. But we brought in people that we just thought were very like successful to share their stories. And the first event, there was like 165 local women there. So it was just like, okay, clearly we're all looking for inspiration, connection, uh, and like resources. And so the community really was built from that. It just kind of came from the event. I was like, okay, we need to like somehow keep these people connected because they want more. Uh, And so I just kept going with like, events and the membership and community and things like that. It is so evolved over time as to what, you know, what that has looked like. Um, but yeah, that's basically how it, how it started. Yeah. Accidentally. It's interesting interesting too, because it sounds like it really started from your own need. You weren't necessarily going out there like the world needs this. So I'm going to create it it started more of, I need this and I don't have it. So I'm going to make it being creative and thinking of a way for you to get something that you wanted to have. And I also have a question on the 165 people, because that's a lot of people to me. I feel like, honestly, if I tried to do the same thing, I'd have five people show up. We had no idea what we were doing. I'm like, I don't know how this is possible. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I am going to ask because I'm curious, how did you get so many people to come to this event? Well, the you know, it was pre-COVID for one thing. Um, I think that we were we both knew a lot of people. It was exciting. It was like the, the first time it had ever really been done in this area in this way, like we had like a panel of speakers. Right. And it was like a big, like soiree kind of thing. Um, but I'll say with the, the true, I think with the true, uh, key was to our success was a Facebook group or sorry, a Facebook, uh, event page. Like we set up the Facebook event, we set up the tickets and everything. And we posted on that Facebook event every single day. So, and this is something I, you know, teach my content clients too. like when you are putting out an event, a program, really anything like there are so many facets to it. You should be able to post about it every single day, a different piece of it. And we did that. Like first it was like introducing the speaker, introducing the speaker, introducing the speaker, engaging people with questions before they even came to the event. We just regularly posted every day 
shared those posts like to other places other people were sharing because it was so collaborative in in the whole experience um so i really think that was the key to success is just like creating this whole experience before it even started yeah i can see that too and one of the things that i think of as you're describing this and even just taking in all of your story and just your responses to the questions is that if I didn't know you and I were asking these questions, I would see that you appear to be a very confident person because I think that it takes a lot of confidence. <laughs> I, she's, she's giving me a face, everybody. Um, <laughs> that I think it takes a lot of confidence to put yourself out there in this way, to be able to say, I'm going to host this event. I'm going to, me and my friend, we're going to do this and we're going to post on social every day and we're going to round up all these people and I want to meet people and I'm getting out there to meet people. And I'm guessing that that's something that's fairly easy for you to do just because it seems that way from the outside. Um, and I think I'm acknowledging it because I don't think it's easy for everybody to be that way. I don't think for a lot of business owners, and I'm going to get to the question part of this in, in a minute, but I think for a lot of business owners who do struggle with their business, sometimes it is because they feel uh, nervous or just worried about how am I going to put myself out there? Um, I don't have the nerve to go up to all these strangers in the plaza next to me and knock on their door and say, Hey, I'm Kim. And I want to meet people here. Like, who are you? You know, I think that that takes a lot of confidence and some people may lack it or um, just feel nervous about it. And then it may inhibit their business from really growing because they're not putting themselves out there. And because you help people with this, with content creation, with your marketing skills, I'm wondering if you could offer any pieces of advice for people who do struggle with that in um, maybe part of your story. You know, is this something that you've like, it's just part of your personality? Is this something you've always been good at and who you are? Or is it something that you had to become this way? There's a lot of questions in there. <laughs> oh my God. I love this. So there's a person in my life, my husband, who I see as a very confident person. Like he's actually just very self-confident. And I always ask him like, how are you so confident? And he said one day he just like woke up basically and decided that he was going to be confident. That was it. That was it. He just was like, I'm going to now be confident. I am not a confident person. And I think, you know, a lot of people know that I like overthink literally every decision. Like, where am I going to sit at this dinner? <laughs> am I going to sit at this seat or the middle seat? And it can take me a long time. I'm not actually very confident at all, but here's what I am. I'm not so bright sometimes. <laughs> And I'm courageous. So I will basically do anything and then kind of like learn as I'm experiencing it and doing it. Um, and I think that that's like been, I guess what I don't have in confidence, I have in courage and like uh, my ability to just kind of like dive into something without really having an awareness of what fears may be on the other side. But when it comes to putting yourself out there, I think it's like this muscle you just have to keep on building because it's so true. When you get visible, what happens is more people see you, more people see you make mistakes, more people see you flounder over your words, more people see like, oh, maybe she didn't say that right or spell that right. You know, like people do see it the more we get visible. But I think it's almost like this matter of like building. Well, first of all, realizing that everybody does that, like Oprah has typos in her email. You know what I mean? So like nothing is ever going to be perfect, but also just realizing that a lot of other people feel the exact same way. They're just hitting publish. They're just literally hitting send. That's the only difference. It's just that they took the action instead of letting fear or lack of confidence hold them back. I wish I had a better answer. It's just, I'm, I think I'm just maybe sometimes too stupid to like know <laughs> when I should be confident and when I shouldn't be confident. Um, there's someone I listened to and have read her book and her name is Terry Trespicio. And she talks about how like confidence is a little bit overrated. Like we, it's actually not what moves you forward. Like you, the only way to build confidence is by doing the thing. And then you really do. It's like a habit, you know, like if you have a habit, a daily habit, 
and you don't do that daily habit, you don't have confidence in yourself that you're going to do the habit. But if you just keep on doing it, that's how you build the confidence in yourself. Like, oh yes, I do go paddle boarding every day or whatever it is for you. I mean, that's like a dream. <laughs> so I, I don't think I have a good answer for it. I think I'm no, just, that was a great answer. I that think I great. just don't always think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you, I think you do think I maybe it's interesting to hear you say that because you shared how you do think about things deeply in your decision-making, like, where am I going to sit and what am I going to do? So that shows a lot of thinking, but then when you just go out there and do it, that to me shows that you are trusting a little bit more that you're not thinking as much. So maybe you have moments where you are thinking heavily and maybe you have moments where you just have trust and you're courageous and I'm just going to go out there and do this thing anyway. And I'm not going to overthink it. It's, it's so just, much better when I don't overthink. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier, but it's hard. Sometimes I'm an overthinker too. It's just, it's really tough. Um, and what you just said about, I think you said it was a book you read. Um, I was thinking that too, as you were talking, that maybe it's because you are courageous, the confidence comes after. Yeah. That you're not going to necessarily have it before you go out. And so I really appreciate you sharing that because I think it's an excellent point that all of us could benefit from sitting with a little bit. Um, Cause I do think fear stops people from doing a lot of things and um, we have to do them to stretch the muscles. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so one thing that I would love to also know more about I kind of want to go, I'm a little curious about the confidence piece, but I'm going to put that aside for a moment because I think I have some more questions there, but I'm going to, I'm going to reroute a little bit here. And I want to talk about podcasting. Um, I know that you love podcasting. I know that you are a big fan of podcasts. I would like to know what is it about podcasting that you enjoy so much? Ooh, so many things. I just made a list, I think this morning in my show notes. Um, okay. Well, I originally started the She Built This podcast specifically because I wanted to have conversations with other women entrepreneurs and hear their stories. So that was one thing. Like, I just like hearing other people's stories, hearing other people's perspectives, getting like, it's just like this chance to like have a conversation with someone where that is mutually beneficial. It's really a cool way to collaborate business-wise. Um, I also love person, like on a personal level, I love that as a podcaster, I mean, talking about confidence, it's been a way to find confidence in my own voice, in my own ideas, in my own message, like because I'm literally going through it as I'm as I'm figuring it out, you know, and so I think it's helped you kind of get clearer on what you want to say, how you want to say it, um, who you are, even like it is it really does shine a light on like who you are when you decide to podcast. Um, and the other thing just like I love about listening to podcasts. So anybody that's like as big of a podcast nerd as me, I have a deep appreciation for, I just love that they're like, you can take them with you anywhere. So they're like a super portable form of content. It's this, like there are podcasts. I can remember where I was standing or what I was doing or the motion, I, like a shoveling my back porch. I have this, like, like I know exactly what podcast I was listening to when I was shoveling my back porch on March 14th in that last giant snowstorm. I know exactly what I was listening to. So there's this way that like the audio, like imprints into our body because we're moving. Usually when we're listening to podcasts, we're driving our cars, we're walking, we're, you know, whatever we're doing, shoveling our back porch. Um, so it just kind of like, I really appreciate that about audio. Like it just like imprints into your body a little more than maybe reading a, a social media post um, because you're moving when you're listening. So those yeah. are, I mean, there's so many other things, but I also love, like, it just gives voice to people that may not have a voice. You know, they may not have another way to express their ideas or share their platform or share their story. Um, so I've been really like, that's one thing I've definitely loved being able to do on this show specifically is be able to like give voice to people that maybe don't have another way to share their message. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's true because it's, I don't want to say it's free, but it's, it's almost free, right? Anybody could start a podcast if they want to, if they have something that 
they're knowledgeable about or they have a message they want to share. They literally can just sign up for an account somewhere for maybe $10 or $20 a month and start publishing their own podcast and talk about whatever they want to talk about. Yes. It's a great I thing. Mean, talk talk to us first because we'll give you <laughs> we'll tell you what what we learned in the past five years or whatever. All right, right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you want to have a little bit of a plan. <laughs> so one of the things that I love to know about, because not only is this my own focus in my work, um, but a lot of my own mission and drive for what I do. But I would love for you to talk about what it's like working for yourself. I don't know if all of your listeners are identify as entrepreneurs or business owners, and maybe they're different types of business owners. I mean, you probably have a lot of different listeners out there, and maybe they're all similar, but they could have some differences. But I would love for you to talk a little bit more about just your experience as a business owner. You know, do you do you love your life as a business owner? What is a day to day like for you? Um, like what, what is the real pleasure in being a business owner other than just the fact that you don't have a boss? Like, could you elaborate on it a little bit more? I guess that's what I'm getting at. Sure. Um, I think when I was 16, I had to like, one of the projects in school was like, sit down and write out your perfect day when you're 30 years old. And I was like, 30, that's ancient. <laughs> but we had to like sit down and like plan out our day. And mine literally was like, go for a hike with my dog, read a book. Um, write in my journal, you know, do some work, write in my journal some more, read another book, go for another hike with my dog. And literally, I feel like that is my life. So I have no complaints. Um, I think sometimes what can be the, like probably the biggest challenge I've faced is when conflict comes up with a client or with a project, like it really is on you to resolve that issue and to do it in a way that's like, you know, tactful and kind and also protecting your, like it has to protect both interests. Right. So I think that's been like my biggest challenge. And really that's happened way less, the better, I get connected with the kind of client that I want to be working with. So it, I found myself many times working for people that I'm like, oh my God, wrong fit, wrong fit, wrong fit. And then you watch that. It's like friction, right? It just doesn't, doesn't go so smoothly. Um, so there's that. And then the only other thing I think that has been a slow, like a very slow process for me to learn is just like not taking things personally. So when you are the business owner, you can take everything really, really personally, because I mean, it is you like you are literally the one doing it. Um, but I've had to like really separate myself a little bit from like, when it comes to, oh, I'm about to take this personally, I have to look at it like, nope, this is like my business issue, not me. You know, like this is something that's happening in my work, not inside me. I mean, they're happening in tandem, but just not taking it to mean anything about myself, I guess, is is what I've been learning slowly but surely. So, yeah, yeah. So you do, well, you would say that your lifestyle is pretty enjoyable, that you get to do the things that you love to do, like going for a walk with Clyde and going hiking or whatever, going to the grocery store at two o'clock in the afternoon, if you feel like it, like you feel that your, your life, um, your lifestyle fits your business and your business fits your lifestyle. Yeah. And that's been a slow, really a slow process. Like I would say, you know, maybe some people are further along in this because they have, known their own biorhythms a little bit better. So I've really learned like, okay, I'm not a super duper morning person. So like, you will never see me on zoom before 10 o'clock in the morning, probably just cause I'm not into it. Like, I'm like, why would I want to show up? Like when I'm not fully awake. Um, so it's like learning, like what, what physically is good. And when my creativity is high and like what, what time I want to block for clients and how like you, like, I know we both have days where we do not have any calls. We don't have any appointments. And like, I need that wide open space. And it's like, the only time I'm like, this is miserable is when I disregard my own boundaries. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like I'll make an accommodation for that. I'll make an accommodation for that. I'll make an accommodation for that. And you say yes to everybody else's schedule and 
they will take advantage of that because you've offered it and then it's not how you wanted it to be. So, um, I think it's been a total learning process and then just like really sticking with it. Like, I'm so sorry, but I don't do zoom calls at seven o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I'm happy you do (laughs) more power to you. (laughs) Yeah. So that brings up another question for me about And I don't want this to sound cliche, but about scheduling, because I feel like business owners are always concerned about scheduling and time management. And personally, I think it's a sort of boring topic, a topic almost, right? Because everybody's talking about like, how do you schedule your day? But it's also important. We need to be on task because I I don't think you're this way, but we're going to find out after I ask my question. I think it can be really challenging when you do have an entrepreneurial mindset that is creativity and ideas. And I want to put as much hummus on the sandwich as I want to put on it. When we tend to approach life that way, it can be really hard to be our own boss and say, this is work time. This is not work time. This is creative time. This isn't creative time. So I would love to know more about where you find your own discipline in this and acting as your own boss. What works for you? I think you're so right when you said it's not that it's a boring topic. It's just that it's so unique to every single person, right? Like it's like the health topic. It's like, I don't want to hear about your migraines because I am focusing on my, (laughs) my stomach health or whatever. Um, I just, well, so I have, you know, two days a week where I really do not allow any calls. And that's, I mean, I hate, I don't even want to say the days because I'm like, people are going to try to get on it. I'm not going to say the days. So I have two days where I do not I can't book calls because I have those blocked out for client blocks. And I like to work in big blocks, like three hour chunks. Some people are like 15 minute people, like 15 minute on a project, 15 minute on a project. I need like lots of time. So I will block out like three hours for one client, three hours for another client. But like I've structured my life in a way that like my brain knows, okay, this is the day that we focus on that client project. And like, it's kind of like, it's almost like the only way I can describe it is like this creative pressure that builds up in anticipation of what I have going on that day. So like, it's like taking a bottle of soda and like shaking it up. And then like the day that I get to do the thing, it's like, (laughs) so, so that goes for my own content. It goes for clients content. It goes for like, if I have shower thoughts about somebody's stuff, I just kind of let them like simmer in the shower. You know, it's like, whatever, like I'm falling asleep. I'm thinking about someone's project. And I know that by the time I go to sit down to do their stuff, I will be like, have built up that pressure to be able to be creative on their project. So my answer is really just like, I'm pretty strict about my time blocking Um, and I'm getting better. I'm working on because I still have a cycle, a regular cycle. And it like does definitely impact my brain a lot. (laughs) Like I've noticed that if I show up on like day one of my cycle, I'm just like, I have nothing. There is nothing in here. (laughs) So I'm like trying to work on like sinking kind of like my physical body also to the, the things that I take on at that time in my business. Yeah. Yeah. And what about, um, and I say this as a person on the outside, again, you seem like a highly productive person to me, only because sometimes I compare your level of productivity to my own. Like you're cranking out podcast episodes. You've got social media going like five times a day. You're like writing blogs, you're doing all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I did one podcast episode in a month. And like Emily's done what feels like five, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so I wonder about just because you seem so on top of all of it, you're just, you've got so much content you always share. You always have that podcast coming out every week. Like you're so just, I'm just so impressed by how much you actually get done and what you do, because I'm just not even close to that level that I wonder how do you do that? Like, do you just say, all right, that's it. Mondays is podcast day. I'm recording three podcasts. I'm getting out two blog posts. Like, how do you do this? Well, thank you. I, it's so funny what you hear from an outside perspective. Cause I'm looking at like, I have like a brain dump sheet. It's like all the things I have to do. I'm just like, Oh my God, there's so many things. Uh, and I don't always feel that productive. So I guess my answer, I can't stop. Like I have a problem 
I have something wrong with me. And I, I say a lot that like my why is just like, if I wasn't writing for clients, I would be writing just all day, every day, just like the most random. I mean, I was blogging when I was a kid, like these long angsty blogs, you know? Um, so I don't really have a good answer except that I just like, I can't not do it. So it, it comes easily to you. Yeah. Um, maybe that's it. It's just like it it flows. But do you have designated time for that, you know, for your podcast? So you say, that's it. I'm going to come up with podcast ideas. I'm going to record podcasts that are on this day. I'm recording to, you know, like it. So you do work a uh, sort of week by week schedule like that. Yeah, for sure. With my content with character podcast. And then with this podcast, I do a lot of batching. So like you and I, like our episode is going September 20th. But apart from that, I have episodes in the kitty, like already done through like November. So I like do a lot of batching that way, like, like projects are all together. You know what I mean? And then I can just, because that is the hard part for me and a lot of other entrepreneurs, I think is context switching. So when we're like, okay, I'm going to write this blog and then I'm going to hop on this networking call. And then I'm going to do this client project. It's just like, your brain is like, Whoa. (laughs) So I like to do one thing, which is why I do all my calls in as many calls as possible in one day. Like I'm like, I can show up high energy for every single one of these calls and then be a puddle on the floor at the end of the day. (laughs) And that works for me. It does not work for everybody. So, uh, yeah, task batching is like truly my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And that does make sense. I think personally, I, I try to do that. It can be a struggle sometimes because, as you may know, when you record a podcast and it, I want to say it hurts your throat, but you're, you know, you're talking and you're talking and you're talking. So if you try to do that for three hours, at the end of three hours, you're like, right, I'm done. <laughs> I think I don't want to talk anymore. Um, so I do, I do try to a certain, to a certain point myself, but, um, but I can appreciate that because you don't want to have the, your brain just switching all over the place. It, it is more challenging that way. Yeah. Um, okay. So one question that I have for you, um, and I know we're probably coming close to time now. I want to be mindful of that is I want to talk a little bit about goals because I think that there is a lot of talk about goals. Everybody's always talking about how do we set goals and let's have a plan and what are the action steps and this whole sort of thing. But then there's another philosophy that maybe we shouldn't be living our lives always in the future of, I'll be happy when I achieve this goal. I'll be satisfied with my business when I achieve this goal. So me personally, I really struggle with this, even though like kind of what I do is help people make plans to set goals. (laughs) So I am my own devil's advocate, but I would love to know what your thoughts are on this about, do you know, do you have goals in your life? Are you very goal oriented or do you tend to try to be more mindful in, in the moment and just finding pleasure in every day and just going with the flow? You know, where are you on this spectrum of, of goals and being in the flow? Oh, I'd say somewhere in between. Um, I think I used to be a big time goal setter, like I'm going to set this goal, but I didn't always hit the goal. And then I started to like, like that didn't feel good for my self-esteem because I was like, well, I set this goal to have, I don't know, $150,000 a year. And that somehow didn't happen because it's like, well, how do you actually get to the goal? Like everyone talks about setting goals, but they don't talk about what's actually involved in getting to the goal. Um, so I'm sort of somewhere in between, but I love the goal every single day of doing like, like, let's say, okay, I'll use the content with character podcast as an example. Like my goal was like launch this podcast by my birthday. So what I challenged myself to do, cause it, it would actually probably be something I would do to like sit down and work on that for like three days straight and nothing else. Like I'd be like, okay, going to just sit here and just do this for three days and ignore all other tasks in life. But what I did instead was I said, I'm going to take one step every single day towards this goal. So like it could be as small as I'm going to look up music today for the show and for the intro, I'm going to hash out a hundred ideas. I'm going to whatever the, the thing was. So I think that's like sort of how I've learned to reach my goals, if you will, or, you know, just 
I don't even call them goals. They're just like ideas. Like I'm like, okay, here's a good idea. Let's see if I can make this happen. And then I just like to take a small, tiny step on regular, on a regular basis. Um, I guess that's my best, but my goal in life is really just to like always be better than I was yesterday or like more true to myself than I was yesterday. You know, like I always want to be showing up, I guess the best version of myself. So some days I don't achieve that goal <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't really do goals anymore because I think I got sick of letting myself down. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. All right. So I've got one final question before we wrap it up and it's kind of a two-parter. One, what keeps you motivated to continue with your business when you just are having a day where you don't want to do it anymore? Follow-up question, what what inspires you? Hmm. Um, okay. What keeps me motivated? I'll start there. So what keeps me motivated is that I will go on to indeed.com or LinkedIn and I will look at job, <laughs> job <laughs> listings and I will apply to like 10, 15, 20 of them. Uh, and then I will ride out that wave when none of them write back to me because <laughs> that's how the job market is right now. And then I'm like, okay, I need to re-engage. Um, but I think really what, what really motivates me is like connecting with like minded people. Like when you are in a rut and you're feeling down and you're feeling frustrated is like reaching out to someone and saying, this is what I'm going through. And then they kind of give you that little pep talk that gets you back on track. Um, but a lot of times, I mean, motivation is like one of those things, like confidence, like you can't just like sit around and wait for it. It sort of happens when you're doing it. So it's like, you could like, I for sure want to ride out the self-pity wave. Like, I'm just like, I need to cry for five days straight. Nobody bother me. But then when I come back, I will be fresh as a daisy. <laughs> um, so I think some of it is just like getting started, you know, like keep on going. And that keeps you motivated and connecting with good people. And then what inspires me is uh, listening, reading, talking to people, conversations. I don't know, laying on my back deck on Saturday, I was just like staring at the sky. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't really know. I guess everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Emily, for being on your show. I appreciate it. Um, this was a fun interview and I learned more about you. Even though I know you, I learned more about you. So I really do appreciate that. And I hope that the listeners enjoyed hearing a little bit more about Emily's story and her ups and downs and what a day in the life is with Emily. Um, so I don't know how else I should end the show, but to say thank you. Thank you for being here and for sharing your story. Oh, well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Kim, so much. This was fun. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.